This is Hoops Forum presented by A Quick Time Out and Radius Athletics. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again this week by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Before we get to today's episode, a big thanks to our sponsors at 323 Sports. We're speaking here to a lot of basketball coaches, but I know a lot of you also coach other sports, your athletic directors, and your programs are always in need of uniforms, equipment, uh, anything else that goes along with the sports that you work with. 323 Sports has all of that for you. They are more than willing to help you out and will do it right for your sports program. To find out more about what they can do for your athletics teams, visit 323sports.com or you can get in contact with a sales rep, sales at 323sports.com. Again, they will do it right for your sports program. We're back with this week. This is a continuation from the last episode that we had talking about spread ball screens. Mm -hmm. For those that maybe didn't hear about it last time or haven't listened to it or just need a refresher, Randy, let's go ahead and kind of start them off and kind of quickly go through what we talked about. Today, we're going to focus in, though, primarily on adjustments out of the spread ball screen. Yeah. So to review, we're just talking about just a high ball screen in the middle third of the court. With the three players outside of that action, like you see on the screen, you know, on one side of the court, there's two players holding the sideline and on the other side of the ball screen, there's one. So we got a double side and a single side with a, with a high ball screen somewhere nearish the middle third of the court, just like you see on the screen there. But yeah, there's another look, you know, just, you know, I think that one I'm, I'm trying to highlight the screening angle where the, 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 the player sitting in the screen near the top of the circle there is kind of like catching the back pocket of the on-ball defender to try to force him to go over and allow us to hopefully get some downhill penetration into into that space you see circled and highlighted there. So what we're going to hit on today is is some advancements from there. But this clip there, I'm sorry, this shot screenshot here, excuse me, you know, we're another kind of, um, I guess, piece of vocabulary would be the three amigos. There's two players in the action, the two players sit in the high ball screen, in the middle third of the court, then there's three players out of the action. And, and those, those, uh, a little nickname from those from the famous comedy, the three amigos, those three players, what do they do and where are they standing outside of the action? Those three slides that we just showed, even though we quickly went over that, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Just mm-hmm. teaching points, even dealing with this slide with the three amigos, what you do with those three players. It's more than just them standing, giving space, you know, whether it's lifting up from behind, we'll show today or some other things that you can do with them. That really kind of separates your spread ball screen from probably what a lot of people, if they don't know what it is, just coming up and setting a high ball screen. There's more to it that goes into that. So I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. I don't know if you have anything else other than that, Randy. Yeah, just as we sort of move up in understanding of, of ball screen play, you know, the three players outside of the screen can enhance the enhance the the uh, the action by by where they stand, if if they move or not, um, being able to react to to which which defender kind of helps out with tagging the roller or stopping penetration, things like that. So that would be kind of as we move up through understanding. But we're going to look at some things today that are uh, that will sort of touch on that. We've got three actions for you to use out of your spread ball screens. And this first one here is the back action. I call it back action. I can kind of tell how old somebody is by what word they use for some action in basketball. This commonly gets called like single side bump or a shake. But people my age and older maybe call this back action. The, the 
So let's define it. The, the basically what we're looking at is we got the three amigos spread outside the ball screen, like you see in frame one, with a double side to our left, a single side to our right. Uh, we've got the ball screen, and let's say it it's sort of accomplished its its aim, which is to get two on the ball or or to to create some sort of advantage. We're now a third defender, a player outside of the ball screen, who's not one of the two defenders in the action, is sort of now called upon to help prevent the, the offense from scoring. Here you see the player behind the action. That would be two in the, in the corner with X2 defending them. You know, a lot of coaches want that player to tag the roller, like to prevent the roller from rolling to the basket for a layup. So they've, in a sense, borrowed a player outside of the action to help neutralize or stop this two-player action. So we can exploit that. And to me, this is like a definition of what a good concept is in 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 basketball. Is I, I coach defense, you do, and and all every, all of us do. And this is exactly what I'm coaching you to do. Like we need you to, you know, the two guys in the action to hedge, switch, whatever. And you got you behind the action. I need you to tag the roller, then get back. The team is doing exactly what they're coached to do. We're not depending on a defensive mistake. We're exploiting their strategy to create an opportunity for our ourselves. Um, so two is in that corner, holding that corner, reading that, watching their man. Does he or she tag the roller? If they do, I'm going to shake up or lift up out of that corner behind the action. And for the ball handler, player one in frame one, I always coach it like this. If you're the ball handler, you're the trigger man in the ball screen, Watch the roller, and who that'll tell you what to do. Watch the roller. When they roll and they tag, that tells me to throw it back to the player lifting behind the action. Hopefully they just – that's a catch and shoot off that, um, you know, and the, the play's over, the, the possession's over. Um, um, they can also stampede that in right into a, a drive, like, like kind of just cut out of that corner, catch that, that throwback pass, and just take it right into a drive. Um, but in the next couple of frames, like it's just sort of like a common – NBA or EuroLeague or something sequence that I see a lot would be if we throw to the back action there in frame two, they don't catch and shoot. Four, who's rolling, their man is on the inside, medial to the middle of them. Then the ball goes over their head. They leg whip them, and now we've got a post up, and we throw it right into the post for maybe a post move. And then the post feeder, player two, get right into a post split action with, um, with, with player one or whomever is at the top of the circle area. So there you see like a, a post split and the screener slips, the cutter cuts to the wing and maybe we, we can score off that action. So, so yeah, that's a common back action sequence. I think what you have queued up is, is maybe an example of Tyler Hero um, from his time at Kentucky demonstrating this. So you see right here's the ball screen on the top of the screen. Yeah, highlighted there's Hero. He's the player behind the action, the back behind it. Tennessee tags the, the roller. He lifts out of the corner. Easy shot for him. You know, Rick Barnes is coaching. You got to tag the roller. So that, that's a way to exploit a team strategy. You're not depending on a mistake. You're doing, you're doing something that the, the affordance of that decision by them is, is a shot for you if you read it right. So he shakes up out of the corner behind the ball handler. Like he identifies the roller is being tagged and he immediately goes to the throwback. And that's a layup for Hero. I see at the college and the NBA level like this is almost like an automatic, but teaching coaching at a lower college level, this is something that I had to teach our players. They just 
Most ball handlers, when they come off the ball screen, all they see is what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even after teaching it, so many of them would still come off the ball screen and then throw it in front of them. Yeah. But I think for many of us who teach out of concepts and we're trying to find that open man to create those dominoes, then this just makes sense. Yeah. And I think while it makes sense to us as coaches, having taught even this year, taught this action, mm -hmm. make sure that your players understand what you're trying to accomplish. And I think if you already teach the concepts of finding the open man and then letting the dominoes fall, they'll get it. But it will take some drilling. To your point, we have gotten not just shots off of it from behind, but then as the defense recovers and tries to get back to their original man, we get a ton of stuff off of the last slide that you showed, which was the last frame that you showed, which was throwing it into the post. And then that split action, getting a shot off of that, because again, you're screening and bringing two off the ball, which ends mm -hmm. up kind of causing some confusion for defenders. And you end up with a wide open jump shot or a slip to the front of the rim for a score. It hasn't yet trickled down to the high school levels the way right. that, probably some of the other actions are. Yeah, so. we want to take ball screen offense from being sort of like a two-player thing, the screener and the ball handler, to making it a three, four, five-player thing based on our vision and our understanding going from narrow to, to wide. Like in, in, you know, a chess coach would tell someone, see the whole board, not just the next move, see the whole board. So when we come off that screen i'm i've got to be able to identify the roller who tagged them who where should the ball go who helped where'd they come from and and all of those things helps sort of widen the scope of a simple thing like a high ball screen let's talk about the next one here the short roll yeah i included this one because a lot of times uh you i, I get asked or i see aggressive sort of ball screen defenses especially sort of like at the you know college or high school level where a team is is really blitzing or trapping the ball screen. And what's the counter or the antidote to that? Um, and uh, one thing that that I've seen and observed is that if we can make that one pass out of that aggressive, hard trap or double team, which is which is hard. I mean, it it's you've got two players on the ball, you've got to do it quickly, and you don't want to get get a deflection or you're giving up a pick six. But but if we can make one one pass out of that trap into the, the screener sort of rolling into that pocket of space rather than long rolling all the way to the rim. They just sort of like come out of the screen and just sit down in that space behind that trap and short roll it. If we can get the ball to them, which I understand is a big if, then we're playing 4v3, right? So we've got an advantage. So basically this is something to work on if through your scouting or through your um, you know preparation, you know that we're, we're going to face a team that is aggressive in their ball screen defense. They trap, they hard hedge. So the antidote to that is, is a pocket pass or a hook pass into that short roller who's going to be kind of in that void right around the free throw line, key area, depending on where the ball screen is set. We can deliver them the pass and they can face up. They can attack or pass to where the help came from and, and we can get it. We're playing with an advantage then. And that's, as you see, as we go through these four frames, there's the trap in frame two of the ball screen, five sort of short rolls and sits down in the middle-ish area, like find that pocket of space. We, we somehow deliver them a pass, whether it's a hook pass, a pocket pass, a wraparound, somehow get them the ball. And then X4 helps seize that as a threat, 
helps toward the 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 nail and we pass to where the help came from and we're came from and we're playing 2v1 and we get a layup so i think we've got some videos of of michigan from the ncaa tournament a couple years ago they're playing a team you see the aggressive really aggressive trap there from from their opponent when when he comes out and sets the ball screen bam there's a hard trap he delivers a pocket pass now it's 4v3 and he just sort of finds the open player cutter whatever you know um the action accomplished its aim we have an advantage we just got to find it and it's tough to do with two on the ball but we we've got to find it and then that player becomes the trigger man to play from so there's your two on the ball you see him short rolling and just almost looks like a high post in a zone offense i'm just sitting in that void and then then we pass to where the help comes from this is the antidote if you will there's a hook pass pass to where the help come from dunk right in in a sense it becomes zone offense anytime there's two players on the ball it's zone defense like the other three players are zoned up right so now we're playing 4v3 pass to where the help comes from we played a uh, team here at the end of the year had to play mm-hmm. him at the end of the year and then had to turn around, played him twice, and then had yeah. to turn around and play him in the first round of the regional tournament. And they were the only team that blitzed uh, ball screens. Your frame number one there, I think a key teaching point, come off the ball screen, don't pick up your dribble. Yeah. Create that. You have it in the black there. One bounce back dribble to kind of create space from that double team. Maybe yeah, sort of a, drag that trap yeah. out. Yeah. Maybe even a second one so that you can open up and kind of have vision. And by that time, you've even brought the defenders out another two steps. Yeah. And that's where you throw either that hook pass or, you know, fake high and throw that pocket pass. And then now you have, like you said, that five in the middle that can either at our level, they weren't very great at rotating. So we had a couple where the guy just caught it in the middle and turned around and and scored. Yeah. But then, you know, a defender comes over and helps. Now you're kicking to a corner for a three point shot or on the dive like you just saw. So. Um, yeah. This is one of those I found that a lot of teams aren't aren't sticking with the blitz anymore, but they'll use it a like special situation. If you don't have if you haven't practiced this short roll and don't have it in your back pocket, you're going to get burned on it. It may not yeah, be we, your go, the go to for the other team, but I would definitely make sure you're practicing it, especially late in the year. Yeah, you you need you need a solution for the possible coverages you might see, and when this one appears and you don't have a solution for it, your 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 ball handler feels really stranded out there getting double teamed and hedged on and, and, and we don't have a plan for them. All right. The final one here is an inverted dribble handoff. Yeah. This is something I picked up recently that, you know, I get asked sometimes, okay, I I get it. I know what the double side is. I know what the single side is. And and we're learning about this. So we drive, we get a little penetration, we kick and, but you know, maybe we don't shoot like what, what next, right? Like what next? Well, I would answer that by saying, okay, Look at your shape or where your personnel when the when when that moment where you're thinking, okay, what next? Like, what do we look like then? Where what do we have? And and um, you know, like here in this diagram, you see the spread ball screen. This time we're going into the double side. We kick to the low man in the corner. Hope if if X four who's not on the screen, but maybe they helped in. Maybe that is a catch and shoot. But maybe that's a non shooter for you. Somebody you know somebody who's who you don't want just launching threes so what what next one of the things that I, I i picked up on that i liked is to get right into this inverted dho i'm calling it inverted because like in your traditional dribble handoff the the, the deliverer is above the in relation to the baseline the recipient the recipients may be coming up out of the corner i'm dribbling off the top of the key toward them that that's traditional inverted the the deliverer player four here is below 
player three. That that's an option that I kind of thought I would include today. Of like, if if we if we get that drive and kick, we don't shoot it. Maybe they make a great closeout, or I'm a non-shooter. What's a possible thing I can do next without the ball stopping and, and us having to, to sort of like restart our offense? Let's get right to something that the positioning and personnel affords us. So I think you got a clip. This is this is Miami recently against the Lakers. So you see PJ Tucker. He goes right into the adverted handoff with Hero. So there's the spread ball screen, a little bit of penetration, helping recover by the Lakers. And he he knows it right. He knows it even before the ball hits his hand. He's like, I don't have time and space to shoot this. You can tell PJ Tucker is like, you can if we if we were able to slow-mo this, he's already dribbling up to Hero with the ball still in the air. He knows that he's he's gonna go right into it. And you know that still yields a pretty tough shot. That that, that uh, yeah. but you know that could easily be turn the corner, drive the baseline off that inverted handoff too. Yeah, to your point, you could do a lot of things then after this as well. And I would think that you typically have like a big switching onto a guard, mm-hmm. which to your point, like most likely he won't even he won't come out. Or if he does come out, then you have the opportunity to go around him. All right, so thus ends our spread ball screen adjustments for this week. We may bring out there's a, there's several more that we could do as well that well, we may talk I would about like here in the next week. Next in our next session, sorry to interrupt. Our next session maybe talk about some false motion in yeah. that that could kind of wrap it up, like disguise it or move into it. That that sort of like we're running spread ball screen, but we're hiding it behind a little bit of movement. So we can yeah. do that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, let's plan on that then. So. We're in the month of March, lots of X's and O's coming from Randy and I and uh, mm-hmm. all of all the fast model team. So be sure to follow us on social media if you haven't already. And every Friday, Thursday or Friday, depending on what week we are here this week with the NCAA tournament, uh, we'll be doing a couple hoops forums to break down some of the X's and O's from the NCAA tournament, things that you'll see in some of the conference tournaments. One of the things that I would suggest also that you do if you haven't already is to sign up for Randy's email. Beyond the Scoreboard, presented by our sponsors over at Sideline Interactive. This segment is for us to make sure that you know all of the great things that could be delivered straight to your inbox. And this week, Randy, delivered straight to people's inbox was? Honestly, it was kind of uh, about what we just talked about. I sort of broke out some of the broke down some of these dribble handoff categories. The inverted dribble handoff that we saw from P.J. Tucker to Tyler Hero being one of them kind of categorize the traditional, the the inverted, and then sort of what I'm calling the enhanced dribble handoff. So yeah, check it out at radiusathletics.substack.com. Get signed up. Um, uh, look for it on my link in my bio and Twitter and things like that. You can get signed up there for for that newsletter. And and it's, uh, as always, brought to you by Sideline Interactive. Right. You can visit sidelineinteractive.com to find out all about their scoreboards and scores tables. We've already got one here, and I mean, it, it makes your whole gym look nicer. Yeah. Parents like it. It just gives a very professional feel, so be sure to check those out. I will say this. I've got one extra special offer, those of you that listen to Hoops Forum. I have on CoachTube a ball screen, small-sided game that would fit perfectly with a lot of the yeah. ball screen stuff that we're talking. If you're interested in that, I've got a 50% discount. You can use the code HOOPSFORM for that and take advantage of that and get all the small-sided games that you need to be able to practice your ball screen offense. Yeah, that's a great compliment because I'm constantly getting asked, okay, what are some drills and how do you break it down? So head over there and do that. 
check it out. Got a lot of three-on-three, four-on-four type stuff that you can use with your team. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. If you missed any part of the live show, be sure to go back to the Radius Athletics YouTube page, and you can watch the full version of these episodes. Or if you're into podcasts, you can download the full version at a quick timeout. There we have each of the episodes to fit for your audio needs. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next time on Hoops Forum.